0: Hey, welcome to the HopeCast. This is episode nine of our ten-part series called Ten Questions That Jesus Asked. Today we looked at the question Jesus asked in Matthew chapter 16. What will it benefit a person to gain the whole world but lose their soul? We talk about the worth of knowing Jesus, what it takes to follow Him, denying ourselves, picking up our cross, loving like He loves. Is our life worth it? Is our life worth it? His life, I believe it is. Many of us believe that it is. We hope that you do too. Uh, I hope that you enjoy it. And uh, at the end, uh, if you get done listening, if you are on Spotify, uh, there'll be a couple of questions. If you'll answer those, <clears throat> one is going to be about audio feedback. Uh, was the audio sound okay? Could it have been better? And two is just an interactive type of question. We just really would like to interact with you, and that's uh, maybe a way that we can do that. So, anyways, we appreciate you filling that out if you so choose. But uh, either way, hope that you enjoy and please consider sharing this episode with someone. Thanks. All right. So, what is this? A dollar. A dollar. Oh. Uh, huh? No, 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 no one cent? No, it's worth a little bit more than that, huh? Candy buyer? Is that what you can do with this? All right, so so let's talk for a second. Let's talk for a second about worth. Okay, that's actually what we're going to be reading about today, um, in uh, in, our, in our in the Bible. But what does it mean that that this is worth a dollar? Like, what does that mean? What do you think? What can we do with it? So you've already mentioned a few things. You can buy stuff. You can buy food. What else could you buy with a dollar? Candy? Uh, can toys? toys. No. Small toys with the dollar. a dollar. Oh, you Clothes you could buy. You okay, you could exchange it for cents. Um how many how many uh cents is in this? You could pay for ice cream. Hang on. Like four quarters. What else do you guys know? 100 pennies. What else? 10. Dimes. 20. What's half of a dime? I know. So what's half of a dime? A nickel. 20 nickels, right? All right, so... So, to to say that this is worth $1 means that somebody might have something that they would trade for me this dollar, right? Like, I give them this dollar, and they give me, I don't know, a pack of gum. No, that would be a great deal. If I could trade this $1 for $100, that would be amazing. I don't think that's going to happen. I mean... You could be a bad guy and steal all the monies, but we're not going to do that. Okay, but listen. Okay, all right. So this is worth whatever somebody is willing to give me for it. Okay, and in our Bible lesson today, we're gonna we're gonna look at uh, Jesus talking about how much our life is worth. Okay, do you think your life is worth a dollar? No. Is it more or less? War, way more, way more. I, mean, I could probably get like $100 for some of you. No, I'm just kidding. We wouldn't do that. That's called uh, trafficking. We don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Your life is worth a whole lot more than a dollar. In fact, your life is is worth so much that Jesus is willing to give up his life for yours. And we're going to talk about that during our Bible lesson today. So when I'm up here speaking, I want you to kind of listen out for that, right? Jesus talking about how your life is worth giving up For his. Okay? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay? Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, your worth. Thank you for uh, your great love and your great mercy. Thank you for Jesus giving up his life in exchange for ours. Help us to respond the way that you would want us to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks. You guys are really good. You guys sit back down now. All right. So we're continuing our series uh, called 10 Questions That Jesus Asked. This is question number nine, and next week will be question ten. This week we're talking about worth. Jesus asked a question to his disciples and those people who were following him about how much their life is worth. Okay, uh, there's a quote that I've seen recently on social media that talks about knowing your worth, how you know materials are worth more in certain situations than others, and I thought that it would be a good intro to this talk, but when I went to actually find it. I could not. I will probably see it a dozen times later today. That's just how these things work. Uh, so here is my poor attempt at explaining it to you. Something like if I take a piece of walnut lumber, okay, uh, it costs approximately $8 per board foot, depends on the size and the quality, all that sort of stuff. In my hands, I can turn it into a pile of dust and shavings and a project that's worth maybe $8 using power tools and all the things that I have in my shop. However, in the hands of a master craftsman, it can be turned into a piece of fine furniture, a piece of art worth 100 times as much with some hand tools, somebody that has the skill and the experience to do those sorts of things. If you've ever taken economics, you know that the worth of items is largely determined by supply and demand. There's some other things that go into it, but overall, supply and demand, if there's a surplus of items and nobody wants to buy them, what happens to the price it doubles <laughs> sometimes, but it say there's there's way more i don't know you're holding on to way more um, widgets than than you than anybody wants to buy. What are you going to do to try to get rid of those you're going to lower the price right? What if there is a shortage of an item? What happens to the price of it? It goes up, doubles, triples depending on what it is right the value or worth of anything is largely determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. Does anybody remember uh, some, of our, some, of our, some of us who were born in the 1900s, the, uh, the Tickle Me Elmo doll. You all remember the rush for those at Christmas? People would go and buy them up and then resell them for double, triple, quadruple what they were worth because parents were willing to pay that much to get them for their kid. And today in Matthew chapter 16, we're looking and talking about the worth of our lives, and the worth of Jesus' life, and what He did for us, and how we should respond to it. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 through 26. Let's read those real quick. Then Jesus said to His disciples, If anyone wants to follow after Me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow Me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of Me will find it. For what will it benefit someone if he gains the whole world, yet loses his life? Or what will anyone give in exchange for his life? God, thank you for your word. Help us to understand it. Help me to give the, the thoughts that I feel like you've given me. Um, take me totally out of the way uh, and, and help us to, to take this, internalize it individually and as a church so that we can uh, follow Jesus the best we can. It's in His name we pray. Amen. So, Jesus was starting kind of the second part or the next phase of His ministry on earth. He had done all these great miracles, and He would still do some miracles, but He had done all these great things, uh, and, and, and people, He was starting to gather a following, not just His 12 disciples, but many other people who were just kind of coming around to hear, what's this guy doing? There's a lot of buzz about him. I want to go see what's up. Everything, though, from here forward was moving toward His crucifixion and resurrection. And His disciples, especially the inner twelve, had a really hard time with that. In this same chapter, just a few verses above, we talked about it, I think it was the first in, in our series, Who Do You Say That I Am? Peter publicly identifies Jesus as the Messiah in this same chapter. It was a very bold step of faith. And then Jesus begins telling them that he must suffer, he must be crucified, and he must be resurrected. And Peter said, we will never let that happen to you. He had just went from identifying Jesus as the Messiah to saying, we're totally going to thwart your plans, Jesus. What you said you got to do, we will not let you do that. You cannot do that. They still didn't understand that Jesus' mission wasn't about power. His worth wasn't wrapped up in politics. And he rebukes Peter. He literally says, get behind me, Satan. Not actually calling Peter like a demon or anything, but showing him that, look, your idea of who the Messiah is is totally the opposite of what it actually is. The Messiah was so much more. His worth was worth so much more than earthly politics. The Messiah, Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And this wonderful gift that he has given us is worth following. And I hope that we can uh, kind of tease that out as we go through this morning. But Peter, and even people today, was trying to find his worth through Jesus inside of politics. Does that make sense? Peter was saying, look, Jesus, here's what I think we should do. You need to to be like a superpower. We need to overthrow these people that are in power now. And, we're, and you're going to bring about God's kingdom. That's what they thought the Messiah was supposed to do. And people today still do that, unfortunately. They use the name of Jesus in an attempt to bring about uh, what they look like, what looks like holiness, but they actually end up trampling on the rights of their citizens. They only want the power and the influence that peddling the name of Jesus can give them without the sacrifice that following him requires. Well, how do we follow Jesus? Well, in this same passage, he gives us a couple of steps. First, deny yourself. If anyone will follow me, let him deny himself. This is surely the hardest command that Jesus ever gives. And yet somehow, at the same time, it's the most rewarding and the most freeing. What Jesus is saying here is you need to have your priorities correctly, correct. You need to have your priorities in the right order. Yourself does not come first in Jesus' kingdom. It's very, very much upside down. A life of following Jesus puts others ahead of ourselves. We give up our priorities in favor of Jesus' priorities. Now, that doesn't mean that we are lifeless zombies who only ever listens to the old-time southern gospel radio show. If you like that music, you can listen to that. There's nothing wrong with that. I like some, you know, classic rock, some Southern rock. I like a little hip hop from the 90s. I like some alternative. I like to listen to that sort of stuff too, right? Um, and I also like Southern gospel music because I grew up in church and we, I, you know, I don't have to be a mindless zombie and only do, you know, certain things. You're still who God made you to be with your quirks, your talents, your interests but we aren't in the driver's seat of our eternity. Jesus has laid out a path for us and that path is about loving people. Remember, we talked about the great commandment. We talk about it a lot. Love God and then second to that, love your neighbor as yourself. Denying ourselves is to love others because God loves them. Loving Him equals loving them and loving them equals loving Him no matter who they are no matter which group is being labeled as a they this week, and we must fight against them because they are destroying whatever, fill in the blank. We love because He does. And that sounds simple, but when we get down to it, it's really not, because I don't know if you've ever met other people, but they're hard to love. Especially when they seem to be hurting us or taking advantage to us. Like, I have to love Jeff Bezos. Right, the owner of Amazon, who's worth—and I looked it up—160. No, sorry, 1.61 billion dollars, or 161 billion is 160. Yeah, I couldn't remember if I left a decimal point out there, which is crazy. 161 billion dollars is his worth. I calculated it out. I think it would take me 2.7 million months to even earn that amount of money and then taxes will be astronomical. Oh, and by the way, he only pays an effective tax rate of 1.1%. Meanwhile, ours is like 28 or so percent. I mean, that's still $10 million. So that's a lot of money that he pays in taxes, but as a percentage, it's really, really low. All right. And I know it's because of IRS rules and, and much of his worth is wrapped up in, in land and assets and it's not actual, you know, cash. I get that. But at the same time, I look at his worth and I look at my worth and I'm like, our tax rates are very, very different from one another. Why does he need my love? What could I possibly offer him? Jesus. That's all I have to offer him. Now I don't know him personally if I did, I would try to offer him Jesus. Um, but that's all we can ever really offer anyone. Because our relationship with Jesus is the only thing of eternal value that we have. If I'm ever confused about what denying myself looks like, I can look at Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, where Jesus says things like, blessed are the meek, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers. And we can look at our lives and say, am I being those things? Am I being meek? Am I being merciful? Am I trying to make peace? Those who would put others' needs and desires ahead of their own are denying themselves. That's what it is. So we give up our priorities, our ideas about who we are supposed to love and who we can exclude from love. We get that in order, and then Jesus says to take up your cross. Now this saying, take up your cross, is found earlier in Matthew chapter 10 when Jesus is talking about relationships and priorities much in the same way that we just talked about. And in the first century audience, it would have been a very serious metaphor. They saw the criminals crucified along the streets. They saw them sitting there. They knew that those criminals carried their own uh, means of death to the site where they would be executed. To carry your cross for them literally was a death sentence. And we know that many of the 12 disciples suffered crucifixion and others died horrible deaths, all because they proclaimed the name of Jesus. But for us today in 2023, what does carrying our cross mean? It goes hand in hand with denying ourselves. We give up our desires in favor of His. Rather than loving ourselves primarily and doing whatever we have to do in order to get what we want or we need, we love others putting them ahead of us. If it helps, we can think of it as a spiritual death. We can read in Galatians 2.20 where Paul says that that he has been crucified with Christ and he no longer lives, rather it is Christ who lives within him. If I look at my life and I say, is it me in the driver's seat or is it Jesus? And if the answer is me, I'm not carrying my cross, right? His priorities are mine now. They should be. And He wants everyone to know about the love that I've found. And it's part of my uh, my great privilege to be able to share that as much as I can. So we show that love in our lives in simple, everyday ways. It's not like... Sometimes, it, sometimes I, I feel like we have to find like this this amazing, I don't know, so newsworthy way of, of loving Jesus. And, and it, it's really not difficult. We buy school supplies for those kids that need them. We help with food needs. We help with housing. We help our neighbor. We offer a listening ear to someone who, who needs one. It, it's not difficult to realize the needs that are out there although sometimes it can be difficult to help meet them. And we do this because our lives are no longer ours. If we're we're denying ourselves and carrying our cross, we're freely giving it to Jesus because of the great love that we've had. We still do things that we enjoy. I have interests and desires and dreams, but ultimately, hopefully, although I struggle with this too, they're all couched in my relationship with Christ. Right, I'm, I'm thinking about, man, I would love to <clears throat> be able to only do this my whole life, but I have a, I have a family I have to take care of, right? I have to to go to work when I would rather be not working, right? Uh, I have to pay bills and we have to do all these things so that we can survive, so my family can survive, right? So I can h- do nice things for my kids, so I can have money to be able to help others, so I can kind of honor the life and the privilege that I've found uh, in my life. And so all these things that we're trying to do to carry our cross leads up to our question that we focus on this week. Jesus says, what is a profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his life? In some translations it says, what is a profit a man if he gains the whole world but he loses his soul? What is your soul worth? The opposite of denying yourself, denying myself, and taking up our cross could possibly make a very comfortable life for us. We just go along. I only have to worry about myself. I don't worry about anybody else. If somebody gets in my way, I can just push them out of my way. I don't have to concern myself with the the cares or the concerns of anyone else. I just focus on me, and that's all I need to worry about. And in comparison to the rest of the world, even the poorest of us in the United States have it really good. But if we were able to physically gain everything we ever wanted, everything we ever could want, if we became top part, sorry, if we became part of the top 1% in wealth, up there with Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, all those guys, but we didn't have Jesus, would it be worth it? If I became a social media megastar with 10 bajillion followers on TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube, but I didn't know about Jesus' love, would it be worth it? Fill in the blank with whatever kind of life you could possibly dream of, big or small. For me, if I could work down in my little barn workshop with all the latest and greatest tools, I'm talking like a saw stop, cabinet, table saw, 220 volt. If any of that, If you are tracking with any of that, you understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like, you know, the best DeWalt 13-inch planer, like a, 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 a jet, you know, 12-inch joiner, all the, all the everything. If I could have all that stuff, access to whatever wood species I desire without having to go to work, would it be enough? Because I would love to have that life. Don't get me wrong. If I could just like wake up every day and go lose myself in the barn for 10 or 12 hours and and make things, that would be amazing. If I didn't have Jesus, would it be worth it? And that's the question we all have to answer for ourselves. I'm reminded of Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, where Paul says, more than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them as dung, so that I may gain Christ. And those that place their lives in Christ receive even more as they live a life in relationship with Him. Ephesians chapter 1 lists some of the benefits of a life in Christ. We are blessed, we are considered holy, blameless, adopted, chosen, forgiven, and loved all these things and way more, not because of anything that we have done, but because of who He is. And so the question that Jesus is asking leads us to ask this question of ourselves. What is my life worth? At the end of our days, what do we want our life to represent? As I get older and I know more people who pass away, I have known many who lived a life that I strive to attain. I want people to be able to say the same thing about me as I have heard said about these people. They loved people. They gave themselves up for others. That's what I want. And that's what following Jesus is a big part of that. I know a lady who died, and I'm not mentioning her name in hopes that I don't cry, even though I still might. At her passing, her life was so wrapped up in Jesus that it reminded me of this verse, and it's been a dear a dear verse to me ever since. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. I hope that when it's my time, somebody might be able to be reminded of Jesus in a similar way. Did I point others to him? Did I offer hope to those who were in need? Did I give up some of my desires, some of my, uh, some of my possessions, some of my money, some of my time to help those? That's the worth of knowing Jesus. Denying ourselves, taking up our cross, keeping the faith. No matter if we end up being part of the top 1% or if we're struggling to get by day to day. It's a life worth living. And He's calling you to start your journey today. Or maybe you've started that journey and you need to take a next next step to be baptized, to to take some leap of faith that you feel like you need to take and you've just not been, you've not felt like you could do it for whatever reason. Whatever that looks like for you. It could be a hundred different things. Whatever He's calling you to do, do it today. Deny yourself. Take up your cross. Your life is so worth it because he's worth so much more. Let's pray. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his love, his great sacrifice, his resurrection, and the new life that uh that he brings to those who place their faith in him. Be with us today, help us to see any areas in our lives where we need to deny ourselves more, to take up our cross um, and help us to do that. Give us the courage, give us the strength the resilience to do what you're asking us to do. We can't do it on our own. We need you. We absolutely have to have you. Help us to do the right thing. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.